Welcome to Sunday Morning Live Fellowship. You are listening to our live Sunday morning service. Now turn with me to Luke chapter 2 and verse 12. While you're finding our scripture passage, let me say this. I wonder what Mary thought as she placed Jesus in a manger. Was she hesitant to put him in the manger? Did the manger feel safe? Did she and Joseph have to shoo the animals away when they came to the manger looking for food? Did putting her newborn baby in a manger make more of a highlight of the desperate situation that she was in? As she watched her sleeping baby, Did she wonder, is this really what God had planned? And then the shepherds came. They told Mary and Joseph all that had happened. Angels had proclaimed the Messiah's birth and sang glory to God in the highest. It must have thrilled Mary to hear the shepherd's account. In other words, while she and Joseph had been alone in the stable at the manger during Jesus's birth, angels at the same time were rejoicing. And then those angels sent the shepherds to come and worship Jesus, confirming that to Mary that her sleeping baby was indeed the Son of God. And how did the shepherds find Mary and Joseph? How did they know that it was the Savior? It was the manger. The shepherds knew it was the Christ child Because of the manger, that was their sign from God. The angels had said it in Luke chapter 2 and 12. Let's read it together. Here is how you will know that I am telling you the truth. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. Let us pray. Oh God, we thank you that you broke through to the created sphere over 2,000 years ago. It was our beginning for salvation, redemption that had been held in place before the foundation of the world. We can hardly conceive it, but oh God, at just the right time, at the fullness of time, the importance of timing, you came and became one of us so that we could be called the children of God. The manger was only the beginning. It was the first step. And oh God, we thank you for that first step. But oh God, open our eyes because many of us have missed the miraculous entrance 
of that first step. Of that turning of things around in our lives because it comes in an, another way than what we expected because we see it and we won't receive it because it doesn't look like what we thought and the way that it should look cause us to see your miraculous signs that have nothing to do with this world and this world's judgments and this world's perception. Oh God, we lift up every name that we have called out on our prayer list. We pray for everyone within the sound of my voice on our podcast. Let them know, God, that you see them. Oh, God, if we would just turn to you, you will answer. We thank you for even your general grace that reigns on the just as well as the unjust. Your sun that shines on the just as well as the unjust. And we say thank you. Now, God, we pray for your servant. Let it be all of you and none of me in the name of Jesus. Let your anointing, your spirit blow up every word with your presence. We'll be careful to give you all the praise and all the glory in the name of Jesus. In Jesus name. Amen. Verse 12b. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. I would like to use for a subject this morning. There is a way in the manger. (laughs) There is a way in the manger. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. There were many babies that were born in Bethlehem that first Christmas night and many babies that were wrapped in swaddling clothes, but no other child would have been laid in a manger. Really? A manger? A manger, it's messy, dirty, it's a smelly feeding trough, but it was the sign that God used to show the shepherds where the Savior lay. Beloved, signs in the Bible are significant. Gideon's sign was the wet fleece and the dry ground and vice versa. Hezekiah's sign was the shadow that went backwards, and Ahaz's sign was that a virgin would conceive. All of these were miraculous, extraordinary, and unnatural. And so as Mary put Jesus into the manger, I know it must have felt unnatural for her as well. No one would have expected to find a baby in a manger, let alone the son of God. But it was a manger that marked the Christ child's entrance into the world. In other words, it was God ordained all along. But Maybe, I know I would have, maybe Mary needed a sign to know 
that she was in God's will, that God was still with her, that she was being used by God. We all want a sign. We want confirmation. In our natural world, we think, when we consider confirmations, we think confirmation of our decisions is when things are going well. We think our confirmation is when everything easily falls in place and get tied up in a nice little neat bow. But what if the confirmation in the kingdom of God means that things go from bad to worse? Mm. What if confirmation in God's kingdom are the opposite of what we hope for or more humbling than we ever expected? What if the confirmation is that God is with us in our desolate places? What if the confirmation is a manger? When our dreams and our plans are falling apart and our life feels humble and obscure, when we were hoping for something better, something prettier, and just maybe you are exactly where God wants you to be, right where he wants us to be, where he needs us to be at this present time so he can use us the most. So as I grieve about my disappointments, I remember the manger. My suffering is not glamorous. No one's suffering is. It's messy. Suffering is messy and painful and humiliating. But yet, we must allow God to be glorified in our suffering. The manger highlights how God uses our deepest pain and humiliation, the things that we wish were different, the despised and the lonely to bring him the greatest glory. God's kingdom is upside down. Mm. The last shall be first and the weak shall be strong and the foolish shall be wise. And God, God incarnate should be laid in a manger, manger, the manger. What, what was up with Luke? He's the only New Testament writer that even used the term manger and and what he does with this one word is like wow what god did with this one feeding trough should be enough to make us shout as we look at the word manger it comes from the latin word chew or eat. It refers to a trough where horses and donkeys uh, and cattle ate. For example, as we go back to Luke's usage of this word, in Luke chapter 13 and 15, it reads, the Lord answered him, you hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to water it. And then one of the most 
famous Christmas paragraphs in the Bible, Luke rivets our attention on the manger three times, Luke 2 and 7. She gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Our text for today, this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And in Luke 2, 16, they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. So what is the manger's message to us today? Number one, the manger was dirty. Mm. Yes, I'm sure that Mary and Joseph cleaned it up as best they could. No doubt they padded it in some way to make it a comfortable cradle. But there is no way to romanticize this bed into anything other than what it was, a feeding trough for drooling animals. The first bed for the Son of God was not a royal cradle. It was a common corn crib. It was meant to hold scraps that animals eat. Number two, the manger was planned. At first, you might think it was just a fluke of fate, a random misfortune because Luke says Mary laid him in the manger because there was no room for them at the end. But God had centuries to get ready for the birth of his son. The prophet Micah lived 700 years before the birth of Jesus and prophesied that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. Micah 5 and 2. You, O Bethlehem, Bethlehem Ephrathah, who were too little to be among the clans of Judah, but from you shall come forth for me one who is to be the ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. So God had at least 700 centuries to plan for the details of the incarnation and arrange the arrival of his son in the right place at the right time and in the right way. But instead, he chooses peasants, Mary and Joseph, who lived in Nazareth, not Bethlehem, and he plans for Mary to get pregnant far from the prophesied town. God could have arranged to get Joseph and Mary to Bethlehem by some other personal means. A relative could have said, I need some urgent help, or it could have gave them a dream to go to Bethlehem, or there could have been a private or legal matter that caused them to go to Bethlehem and have time to make reservations at an end, but God didn't do it that way. Instead, God moved Joseph and Mary from Nazareth to Bethlehem by means of an empire-wide census. In other words, God arranged that the most 
powerful leader in the world would order everyone in the empire to go to the town of their origin to register. God is making a point. You think you know what I'm doing on this globe. You think you know what I'm doing in the world, but you had no idea. I know these past few years, beloved, these past four years, we have witnessed a worldwide upheaval. And if you really feel a little bit anxious and emotionally vulnerable, maybe because of a sickness, maybe because of some relationship is in trouble, or maybe your finances are not working out, and then the entire world seems to be in an up evil. Uh, and there is no question that these are incredibly unstable days. When we look at the national and global events, um, but beloved God is saying, I'm putting things in place exactly as I please, including the birth of my son being born in a manger. Planning a bed for his son was easier than planning a global census. In other words, Jesus was lying in exactly the place God had planned a manger. It was a sign. The angel of the Lord said something to the shepherds that was almost too good to be true. Shepherds, the most despised group of society. God spoke to them in Luke 2 and 11. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. To believe this and bear witness, they would need a sign. The angel gave it. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. No other king anywhere in the world was lighting in a feeding trough. Find him and you find Find the manger and you find the king of kings. No sooner were the words of the angel speaking, you will find the baby lying in a manger and then the heavens exploded with praise. And the Bible says suddenly there was with the angelic multitude a heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest glory to God. The Savior is in a feeding trough. Glory to God. The Messiah is in a feeding trough. Glory to God. The Lord is in a feeding trough. Glory to God in the highest from the highest to the lowest. Mm. What a God. What a Savior. The angel of the Lord came to the shepherds. 
the lowest part of society, not the religious leaders, not the wise, not the understanding, but he came to the ones who would take no offense at a baby in a feeding trough. The ones that would expect no better bed for their savior. I'm reminded of Luke chapter 9, 57 and 58. When Jesus said, as they were going along the road, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds have the air, have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. All I have is a manger. Follow me. The manger, the manger was a step. The manger was step number one on the road to Calvary and from the manger. It was all downhill to Calvary. Calvary was even lower than the manger. The Savior's life starts in a lowly manger, but it goes downhill from there and ends even lower. This is the point that Philippians 2, 6 and 8 is making. Though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. And I'm going to add this, taking the form of a servant, starting his life lower than a servant in a feeding trough. And as the Bible continues, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even the death on a cross. This beloved is how the savior saves. This is how the Messiah fulfills all his promises. This is how the Lord reigns from infinite deity to feeding trough to final torments. On the cross for those who have eyes to see the message of the angels makes sense. Yes, we must follow him. Sometimes it will be a lonely road. Sometimes the road may get hard, but there is no greater joy than to be on the road with our Savior. Fear not, the angel said, for I bring you good news of great joy. <coughs> no one saw the big picture no one except God. Do you see the pattern? Nothing about the Christmas story was expected. As things were unfolding, no one really understood. No, no one really understood all that was going on or why. God chose ways and means to bring his son into the world that appeared more or less foolish to all who were watching. The pieces could only be put together in retrospect. It was great joy in strange times. But see, beloved, we live in the present moment, not yet in 
retrospect and right now things may seem strange what's happening to you right now may not make sense there may be a convergence of odd elements and unexpected turns of events some things may even seem bizarre other things may be grievous or fearful you may feel psychologically and emotionally destabilized and disorientated But if that is the case, the manger is a message for you that God is the God of the unexpected who as transit creator chose to become a part of his human creation to redeem us from our hopeless wretchedness that God is with us, Emmanuel. And if God is with us, who can be against us? God sees the big picture and in his wisdom, which often to us initially doesn't even look like wisdom, he will bring all things to the right in ways and at times that will result in our experiencing the greatest joy possible. The manger is speaking to us today. The infinite became an infant. The all-knowing one became a babbling baby. The author climbed inside his own story. God came to us because we would never come to him. We never could have come to him, but God didn't just come to us. Um, He became one of us. Jesus was not only Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus was one of us. God was made low so that he could raise us up to eternal life. This Christmas, Don't let the world's misunderstanding of Christmas keep you from seeing and treasuring the greatest of all realities. God has been made low to bring us up. There is a way in the manger in your life and mine. God is working to bring about his plan. And in the end, it will be a blessing. We must simply stay the course, love the Lord, and disregard what the world thinks of you. Mm. We may not fully understand all the reasons that Jesus was born in a manger, but certainly we know that he was born in lowly circumstances to reveal that he had come to save the least, the last, and the lost within the human race. The manger also teaches us to be faithful in whatever circumstances we find ourselves. God arranged the birth of his son, and he is working in your life right now. All you got to do is trust him and follow him. It doesn't matter how things look to the world. It doesn't matter how things look to you. Keep on following the Redeemer. Another message of the manger 
It's the way God changes things. Note how he took a lowly cattle stall and turned it into a beautiful image. People put manger scenes on their grass and in their foyers because now that place has become divine. Wherever the presence of Jesus is, he will change it forever. Make it better. Make it the best. He can enter and change it. That is what happens to you. He changes you when you receive the Christ child in your life. And finally, The manger says that God exchanges things. Yeah, today is Christmas. You're getting gifts that you can't wait to get back to the store and exchange it for something that you really want. Or if you got something from Amazon and you can't return it, exchange it, you put it in a closet and re-gift it. On that day was the great day of the great exchange. You see, Christ came to offer an exchange from our sin, and he gave us in exchange grace and love for our guilt. This world had no room for him, but he had room for the world. He came unto his own, but his own received him not. There was no room at the inn that night, but there was room for the innkeeper at the cross. Someone within the sound of my voice needs to come to Jesus Christ right now. He arranged for your salvation before the foundation of the world. He changes everything whenever anyone makes room for him. He will exchange your sin for his righteousness. Just admit your need to be saved and accept him as your savior. Matthew 1 and 21, you shall call on the name of Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. From the manger, Jesus reveals that he is available to all who come to him. From the cross, he is saying, I love you. From heaven right now, he's saying, I'm calling you. He is with us, beloved. Don't magnify this world. Don't magnify your problems. Don't magnify your irritation, grief and anger and unforgiveness and allow these things to squeeze out your praise. Put your praise on your problems and worship the Lord and trust him and know that he is working it out. Beloved, there is a way in the manger. Let us join the heavenly host in praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. If you have not received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I have done many things that don't please you. I have lived my life for myself only. I am sorry and I repent. 
I ask you to forgive me. I believe that you died on the cross for me to save me. You did what I could not do for myself. I come to you now and ask you to take control of my life. I give it to you. From this day forward, help me to live every day in a way that pleases you. If you prayed that simple prayer with me, please feel free to contact me at 231-349-1046 so I may discuss with you the first steps of salvation. God bless you.